Episode 40, Attorneys Implementing Today's Technology in Their Practice, my conversation with solo attorney, entrepreneur, and success coach, Steve Richardson. I'm Michael D. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the techsavvylawyer.page and host of the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned, taking advantage of technology in their legal work, and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. My next guest is bankruptcy attorney, success coach, and author of Getting Off the Hamster Wheel, Steve Richardson. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you being here. And to get things started, let's ask, what is your current tech setup? I'm pretty much all Apple, uh, Mm -hmm. Michael. I had years ago been in the Windows camp and slowly got sucked in through the gateway drug that is the iPod. And then from that to the phone, to the iPad, to the, when we went to replace our laptops, my wife and I got uh, MacBooks. So right now I have a, uh, a Mac mini in my office with a 27 mm-hmm. inch monitor in my home office. I have a, a Mac mini with a 19 inch monitor and I'm right now I'm working from a um, MacBook pro with the new M one pro chip uh, that I have docked to two monitors, a 20 inch and 22 inch. Tablets. I have an iPad Air uh, that I use with a bridge Bluetooth keyboard and an Apple Pencil. Mm-hmm. That's mainly that's for document review and, and taking notes. And I have an iPad Mini that's more for um, consumption of information, reading articles and things like that. Uh, and then I have a, a an iPhone XS, which I'm going to be upgrading this fall to whatever Apple comes up with. So pretty much end to end. And I have an Apple Watch and mm-hmm. it's just a, Apple pretty much everything. But, you know, my my wife loves her uh, iPad mini because it allows her to consume uh, information anywhere because she mm-hmm. likes to put it in her purse. And then for like traveling, you know, just on a short trip around town or, you know, for going on long trips, she gets to take her her library of books, keep track of her Facebook and, and her social media and then also her email, all it's all the convenience of within her purse, but it's larger mm-hmm. than uh, a simple iPhone. Uh, which is fine for me when I'm on the road, but if I'm going to kick back, whether it's at the gym or in travel, it's going to be my my iPad Pro with the M1 chip, which I got to tell you, it cooks. But I'm surprised that you're te- so it's you're like what three or four years on your iPhone. That's that's a long way to to keep for especially for a practicing attorney. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's 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 one of those things that I mean, Apple products. It's it's in their nature that you see people that have laptops that mm-hmm. are five, six, seven, eight mm-hmm, years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Apple supports right now, even the current operating system supports all the way back to the 6S. So it becomes a question of if it works and it does what you need it to do, why replace it? And, and a lot of the changes that are being made to the Apple phones, the iPhones are more in the mm-hmm. cameras and things like right. that. The right. 10S gives me the full screen with Face ID uh, and I've got a good camera on it. My mm-hmm. wife has a, has the newer one. She has a, a 12 pro. Okay. Uh, so we, if we need the, the LIDAR for, you know, low light photos and things like that, we can always use her phone. But so, yeah, I mean, it's not unusual for me to be two, three, four years on a phone before I replace it. 
Uh, I recently checked uh, the battery health on it, and it's down to seventy nine percent. So, oh wow, okay. uh, yeah, now it's it's draining faster, and and I really do need to replace it this fall. Well, I will say that the iPhone thirteen, I have the iPhone thirteen Max, and the battery on life on that is amazing. It mm-hmm. lasts all day, and I still have plenty of juice at the end of the day. And that's me using it on the phone. That's me using it as uh, a hotspot. And the screen and the camera, uh, they're both clear and mm-hmm. vivid. I love it. But, you know, the one thing that's interesting is I've been to three different conferences in the last three weeks. Um, oh, boy. And, yeah. And what I find amazing is all the attorneys that have iPhones, but yet they have Windows machines. Mm-hmm. They all talk about how they love their iPhones. And it's just amazing that they're still stuck or anchored to their Windows machines, usually because they're part of a larger firm and you know the cost benefits in their mind is well it's cheaper up front forget the fact that the machines will die in two or three years but that's that's another that's another story in itself but tell you what let's get into the questions what are your favorite three tech tools hardware or software that you use to manage your time at work i i use uh for task uh, and scheduling i use omnifocus mutually we both know david sparks who's a big Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. proponent of it I find its power and, and the way it really adapts to David Allen's getting things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really works for me. Uh, and I use, uh, I do block scheduling on Apple calendar uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's one thing to have a to-do list. It's another thing to know how much realistically speaking, you're going to be able to get done in the course of a day. And I find the block scheduling really helps me to, to focus in on realistically how much I can get done. And, and it keeps me from feeling overworked. I use um, Microsoft Bookings uh, for appointments. Uh, there's also things like, yeah, I believe you use uh, Calendly, mm-hmm. uh, Fantastical in their most recent uh, version have come out with this. But uh, being within, I use Microsoft Office, that's sweet. They already have bookings, so that's built right in. And I found that to be very useful in uh, clients can schedule a call. They need to talk to me, they click a link, they schedule it, gets on my calendar. Uh, I have much fewer unscheduled incoming calls, which I'm trying to eliminate completely. Right. Uh, so that makes it so much easier and anything you can do to, to reduce the friction uh, for people getting in to see you is good. If yeah. I may, you mentioned, uh, I think uh, off mic that you use ring central. Yes. Now, is, is ring central a virtual receptionist or do they just, is it just a means to get your call to find you? Uh, Ring Central is a VoIP provider for my phone. I went to okay. VoIP a while back, so uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But okay. uh, that's that's my phone system. I use uh, Call Ruby as my receptionist, okay. and what uh, what they do there is they they can do a fair amount of uh, basic intake, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and they f- are able to fill out a web form of information mm-hmm. that drops mm-hmm. it directly into my CRM. Yep. So when I call them back. I have a lot of initial information for them. Uh, so that makes it a lot more efficient. I'm not doing that intake and it saves me a lot of time. We'll, we'll get more into that uh, in our next question. But mm-hmm. going back to um, hardware and software that you use to manage your time at work, is there anything else? Well, I, of those three, those for the most part. Well, let's talk about OmniFocus for a second. OmniFocus sure. is... Uh, a very powerful task management program. 
Now, should the Luddite be concerned about trying to use something like that? There's a lot of talk in this space. Uh, uh, people are proponents of whether it's OmniFocus or things or or just Apple reminders or something like that. Uh, Microsoft to do. It's really whatever works for you. It's whatever helps you. The important thing is uh, going back to David Allen and his methodology mm-hmm. is you need to get it out of your head and into a right. trusted system. And that reduces stress incredibly. If something mm-hmm. occurs to me, mm-hmm. I get it into OmniFocus and then I don't have to worry about it anymore because I know it's already in my system. So whatever works for you, I find that OmniFocus does that for me. Quite frankly, uh, it's very powerful and it may be more for what a lot of people need. Mm-hmm. So it's really a, a choice that the individual has to make. As far as the Luddite is concerned, again, a trusted system. If you want to do something as simple as uh, reminders on uh, um, on the Apple ecosystem, it's becoming more robust. Right. Uh, and, and start with that and, and see how you go. And you, you can always you know, up your game with another app, go up to things or or mm-hmm. to doist mm-hmm. is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's whatever works for you and whatever you'll use. Because it'd be a great system, but if you're intimidated by it, you're not using it, it's not doing you any good. Share with us three power uh, functions you use for OmniFocus. Well, there's the intake. I, I, I hit Command-Control-T, mm-hmm. and that brings up a window. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just type in. I type in what it is. I tag it. I, I associate it with a file if it's, if it's related to a file. Uh, and then it, and I give it a, I use defer dates. You know, I, I okay. have an idea of when I'm going to do it. And sometimes I don't because once a week I do a review of all of my projects and everything that's in OmniFocus. And there may be some things that I haven't scheduled yet. I'll do that this week and I'll give it a defer date. Okay. So that is like, a, no matter where I am, I can do control command T and I can put something in there. This, the, another thing that I use, like I said, is the, is the review function. There is a particular feature of uh, OmniFocus in which you can go into and review everything in your system. I do it on Sunday mornings and I say, all right, what's, what am I doing? What, what are my projects? Because, and, and what's, what do I want to do this week? And I start planning out my week. What is uh, that one thing? What are the, uh, uh, Gary uh, Keller talks about the one thing that mm-hmm. you can do today that will make everything else either unnecessary or easier. Uh, Dave Freeze, uh, another uh, marketing person who talks about, you know, the, the top three things. You pick three things that you're going to do. Uh, so this is that review feature of OmniFocus, which is, I don't say unique to them, but they're one of the few apps that actually have that feature built in uh, that allows you to do that review. And I found that to be very powerful. Uh, because you're saying, oh, I'm not going to get to that project this week, but maybe next week or some such thing. And then you can set how often you review a particular project. The third feature I would say is mm-hmm. it's just so powerful. It gives you what are called perspectives. Uh, it's different ways of viewing the data. You can look mm-hmm. at it many different ways. Uh, how many are coming up on deadline? How many are, you know, have a defer date where, uh, let's see, what am I doing tomorrow? What do I have on the list right. for tomorrow? Uh, or uh, what's tagged in a particular way. Uh, I have one uh, tag called Quickie. You know, I've finished up early. I've got five minutes before my next meeting. Right, right. I, I pull up my per- Quickie perspective. What can I do in a couple minutes to knock off the list? 
So I would say those are the three big features that I found in OmniFocus that really help. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Let's move on to the second question. What are the best three tech tools, software or hardware to run a virtual practice? The first one is, is and, I, and I talk about this in my book, Getting Off the, the Hamster Wheel. Uh, the first thing you look at is online storage, you know, where you um, where you're going to put your data. Because, uh, you know, in order to have a virtual practice, you have to be able to access uh, documents and information anywhere, which means using some sort of cloud server. Uh, I use OneDrive, uh, but there uh, people are uh, sometimes use the Google system and there's the Google Drive. Apple has their own ecosystem and iCloud Drive, uh, but it's, it's your online storage. The next uh, is uh, cloud-based software. Uh, I moved to that when I moved from Windows to the Mac because I needed apps that were more uh, platform independent. Mm -hmm. And because they ran from a browser, uh, they didn't really have to be installed on any particular machine as long as I could access the website. And again, you're working from anywhere. So I use uh, Clio uh, for my practice management software. There are a lot of others out there. Uh, my case, Practice Panther, Filevine, that sort of thing. Uh, some are better for certain practice areas than others. Uh, I am a bankruptcy attorney, so I use uh, Next Chapter, which is cloud based, and it's good because I have a virtual assistant in Kansas, so mm-hmm. she's able to go in, pre- prepare the petition, get it ready for me. We can both look at it, uh, and it makes it a lot easier. And I also have, uh, as I mentioned before, Microsoft 365. So that's where I get off uh, Word and Excel and, and, and Outlook. Mm-hmm. I use PowerPoint. Uh, and also they have a lot of other um, apps. Like I use Teams to communicate with my assistant or Bookings I mentioned earlier for scheduling. Is Bookings part of 365 or is that separate? That's part of it. There, there's oh, a whole okay. suite of apps that come with Microsoft 365 that can be very helpful that go beyond your basic office suite of Word and Excel and PowerPoint. Uh, So I find that very helpful. Uh, The third, from a hardware standpoint, we mentioned it before, is Ring Central for my phone. Uh, Again, there's Nextiva, there's Dialpad, there's Vonage, there's all sorts of vendors that will give you a VoIP system. And that allows you, again, to work from anywhere. Because it's internet-based. Mm-hmm. I have an app on my phone that spoofs my office line. Right. So I can make call, make and receive calls from my cell phone without anybody knowing what my cell phone number is. Right, right. I can text from that uh, line using mm-hmm. their software so, so clients can text me. They also include uh, free uh, cloud fax. So it used to be when I'd go on vacation, I'd unplug my fax machine. So nobody could say they faxed something to me while I was away. Uh, But now I can, oh, somebody faxed me. I can pull it up on my phone and look to see what it is. Uh, An amazing thing as far as being able to work from anywhere and being virtual. And then just as a bonus, I have a 1080p uh, webcam and I I can use uh, Zoom or Teams or because Mm -hmm. I'm in the Apple uh, ecosystem, a uh, FaceTime and uh, Clio's uh, legal trends report that they come out every year mm-hmm. has talked more and more about since the pandemic that uh, the public is not only more comfortable yeah. with meeting virtually, 
Yeah. But they, a lot of them expect it. They expect oh. you to be able to meet with them virtually. Oh, I didn't so know. you're, it, it's not just the benefit to you of uh, being able to work from anywhere, especially if you're a true solo or even a, a supported solo. Um, but you're meeting the expectations of the potential client. You know, it's funny. I've been doing just by phone, uh, for 15 plus years that I've had the practice and Mm -hmm. I've, I've never had a complaint. You know, a a lot of my clients aren't necessarily as, as tech savvy as necessary. And also, um, you know, it's a question of whether or not they have the internet access, although that's becoming less and less uh, an issue as mm-hmm. internet is and broadband is expanding everywhere. And, you know, I have a, I have a VA practice, Department of Veterans Appeals, or sorry, Department of Veterans Affairs, where we're doing veterans appeals and they can have hearings now uh, virtually where mm-hmm. the judge is in his or her chambers or our home office in DC, the veteran is at their house and I can just do this for my home office or office downtown without having to worry about traveling uh, and other, you know, issues along those lines. So I, you know, I may have to move to a more virtual consultation versus a, a telephone consultation, but right now I'm going to stick with the telephone. Whatever works for you and whatever exactly. works for the client. And exactly. a lot of them, they're fine with the phone, being able to meet face-to-face and talking to some extent, there's a benefit there, but I found really? the pandemic to be, I mean, I've opened up geographically some of my practice areas that can be done with phone calls and emails and things like that. I don't have to physically go somewhere. So I'm able to handle a couple practice areas through all of New Jersey where I right. couldn't before simply because of this. So just some advantages, the pandemic. Well, since I have a federal practice, I take clients all across the country and internationally. Oh, wow. And so I've been using uh, Vonage, which gives me great long distance uh, and unlimited hours, uh, you know, for the the amount that I pay, which is another reason why I'm sticking with the telephone for a while. Let's move on to our third question. Everyone talks about going paperless. Many know about scanning, OCRing, and storing documents. What are your favorite three tech trips you use to take your paperless office to the next step? Well, being paperless, Michael, is is absolutely critical to being able to work from anywhere and being virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you can't, you're you're tied to your file cabinet otherwise, mm-hmm. and you can't effectively do that. Uh, what I do is number one, I have uh, I mentioned my iPad. I have an mm-hmm. iPad Air uh, that I use with an Apple Pencil. Mm-hmm. I use PDF Expert. And that allows me, number one, I can review documents. I get discovery in. I can review it, mark it up, things like that with my notes uh, and and then store it with the file. Uh, when I'm doing uh, interviews with clients, uh, I it, with PDF Expert gives me the ability to pull up a, talking about marking up a document, I just mm-hmm. created like, as a PDF my bankruptcy interview form. So I, I copy it pull it up and fill it out with my Apple pencils. I'm talking to them. Uh, and, or if it's not a bankruptcy, if it's just notes, I PDF expert can create a new, it's not just writing on an existing PDF, but mm-hmm. can create a new PDF yeah. and say, do you want it white, yellow, light blue? Do you want it lined, unlined, right, right. gridded? And you pick it and it's just like having a yellow pad and you take your notes. And then when I'm finished, uh, I can store it. You know, I, I've always kept 
my notes from a, a consultation. Uh, if they didn't hire me, I still always still uh, right. keep those. Yep, yep. Uh, but I, when it's over, I can move it into consultations or if, if they retain me, I then move it into the file. I now have all of the notes I took uh, going all the way back and have that information. I can look back on it uh, without having to have a pad of paper or anything else. So you're creating uh, virtual documents right on the spot. Secondly, I mentioned fax software, uh, mm-hmm. your, your cloud fax. I'm not you getting faxes as, as much anymore these days. It's it's email and and uh, or just uploading a document to a portal. So fewer and fewer times I'm faxing, but having that VoIP provider and Ring Central being able to do that, like I said, I can pull up a fax on my phone or my tablet wherever I am and be able to look at it. The third thing is is a good client portal, and that's something also that the the Clio Legal Trends Report is. Uh, saying that people are, are wanting more and more. Clio, uh, people can upload documents to me. We can have part of the problem with texting a client is there's no way of associating that text exchange with the file. Mm-hmm. So you look at it and say, you know, what was discussed? I mean, emails, you can do that. But with texting, you really can't. So by messaging on this Clio portal, mm-hmm. all of those messages can be associated with the file uh, and everything can be kept together. Uh, they can also say that the portal, as I mentioned in next chapter, they're given, they can log on, they can fill out all the forms, give all that information through the portal. They can upload documents as PDFs or, or JPEG, you know, photos. And then I can down my, my assistant can download them and organize them on our end. And it used to be in my bankruptcy practice that I'd have a big thick stack of of bills and documents and a real rat's nest in my file that I ultimately hand back to the client uh, when I strip down the file and when I close it. But now things are submitted uh, electronically. So I just store it uh, on the server. I don't need a big thick file anymore. Uh, So that's very important. And just as a bonus fourth thing, if you're going paperless, uh, there are a couple ways you can go. In my office, I have, a 27 inch monitor, okay. yeah, big monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way to go is have two monitors. One of them in, in normally in your widescreen right. uh, landscape mode. But if you can get a monitor that rotates into portrait, that can be your document screen. So if you're doing tax work, if you're doing bankruptcy work, if you're, if you're working on one piece of software doing mm-hmm. de- and reviewing documents, you can have the documents on the yep. other screen. And that is incredibly powerful. And that's why I have in my home office here, a dual um, monitor setup. What's the screen resolution you have on those? And whatever. The, I mean, it's, I, I like ViewSonic. That's my particular okay. vendor of choice. Uh, I have but, a 20 inch and a 22 inch. But you don't know native. the DPI? No, I just basically, uh, when I configure them in, uh, on the Macs, I just say, whatever the native resolution is, right, right. I don't set it to it. I said, just have to that's usually the best bet anyway rather than trying to force a a resolution on the machine right but you don't know if it's a 4k or oh no they're not 4k they're 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 nice high resolution but uh i haven't really seen the need to go that high definition and uh i usually the documents are pretty clear as far as readability and things like that and the video has been pretty good yeah i've got um 
two LG uh, 4Ks uh, flanking mm-hmm. me left and right with my iMac uh, Pro uh, mm-hmm. monitor uh, dead center, which, and I understand and agree when you talk about having one document open on a screen and perhaps the Word document you're typing into, and then maybe like, as you said, your your bankruptcy program or uh, some other program in the, on the third, or your, in this case, your case, a second monitor. And it really makes uh, life a lot easier. I would go into attorney's offices and I'd say, hey, how come you don't have a second monitor uh, on your computer? And like, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah, this, <laughs> this is how you do it. And they're like, and like months later, they'll go by, it's, they'll, we'll talk. And they're like, oh my God, I still have that. I love it. You are right. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, you know, just one little thing you say in the office and suddenly mm-hmm. they you just made their life a lot easier. Well, let me ask you this bonus question. And we hadn't prepared for this one, but basic, based on the conversation that we've had, I, I've got to ask you, what are three reasons attorneys should be going from Windows to Mac? Uh, the, the first thing that occurs to me is just the Cell phone of choice, the smartphone of choice for, for lawyers has, has been clearly the, the iPhone. And you mentioned earlier, you'll see people, they love their iPhones, they're using yeah. their iPhones, and then yeah. they just go to a Windows machine. Uh, it is the, the interoperability of everything in the Apple ecosystem. Everything works together. Mm-hmm. Everything synchronizes together. Um, and I can move things around from, I have, uh, I have two screens here, but I can take my iPad, I can uh use a feature of the mac operating system called sidecar and right. i can have a third monitor right there just right. turning yeah. my uh um tablet into that right uh, i've done uh two factor authentication mm-hmm. you'll you'll say all right well text me the the code and then type yeah. it in here or you put the the cursor in the field yeah. to type it in and the operating system will come up and say well you got this text with this code you want to plug it in here yes please and it's done so just the, the ability to move things around and, and, and the interoperability of all the hardware and the software, uh, and now with their own, uh, what they call Apple Silicon, they, they have their own computer architecture mm-hmm. where you can run a, an app that's written for the phone or the tablet on a Mac yeah. and vice versa, because it's a, they're all using pretty much the same guts, as it were. And it's, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, it's a different way of thinking. I had to make some adjustments moving from uh, Windows to the Mac just because the Mac does things a bit differently. Right. Um, I find it easier. Some people don't. <laughs> I mean, it's a personal thing. It all works on the same basic principle of a WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. And mm-hmm. if you learn a couple of the basic functions, you can translate that to using the computer in its entirety without, without any major issues. Uh, you know, you can make that transfer with, with very simple ease. And, you know, I taught myself one program on one computer uh, 40 years ago. And from there, I was able to translate that into Windows and then from Windows uh, 3 point whatever into, you know, Windows 95 then Windows 95 into a Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, once you learn those basic principles, they tend to translate. Yeah, they do. And and because of the way Apple and, and they're constantly being challenged these days because mm-hmm. of it, but their their app store, one of the advantages and, and a lot of advantages to the user of those app stores, maybe not to the developer, but that they are there's a consistency of interface, you know, command such and such or keyboard combinations right. pretty much work the same way yep. in every app. 
So there's a familiarity. It's a lot easier to learn a new program right? because of the way that works. But I think more importantly on how they sandbox their software mm-hmm. is going back to the first um, factor that you talked about. It works. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you want a, a machine that works, not a machine that's constantly plagued with viruses and updates. And that's what we tend to get with Windows. And, you know, I just don't understand how like my machines would die after, two, you know, two or three years because I would, you know, I would push them. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing major film editing uh, or recording or major number crunching, but I would, the computers would die. And when my Dell died in my first year of my law practice, I'm like, you know, I was frustrated, but I'm like, well, wait, I'm the boss. I can pick whatever I want. I'm going back to the Mac. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've been running for about 14, 15 years now. So I'm, a, I'm happy as a buy. Yeah. And we, all, we both remember the old days. I mean, you'd replace a machine every three or four years. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're coming out with a new version of Windows. Well, you got to get a new machine that'll, that'll, right. because it, it, every iteration of Windows became more of a resource hog, needed more speed, needed more RAM, needed more everything. And you're constantly upgrading every three or four years. Whereas, well, you know, people are keeping Mac laptops and machines for yeah. five, six, seven, eight years. You may pay more for them, but they last longer. And if you, if you consider the cost over time, right. it's about equivalent. Well, for to satiate my geek geekiness, if you will, I'm, I'm typically like on a lease program for, for my phone. I definitely am. Currently, I'm for my iMac. I'm not sure what I'm going to do for my next Mac purchase when this lease expires in August, September. Uh-huh. Um, I may end up purchasing it. I, I may at least it. I haven't figured that one out yet, but at least every two or three years, I get a new uh, Mac. And also their buyback program yes. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, you may not be getting the, the most amount of money possible, but you usually get a very good rate. And that is, you can apply into your um, next purchase, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I've always been happy with. So, which I don't see, you don't see that with windows, you know, windows, which, are they closing their stores? I know Microsoft Windows had a bunch of stores, including one here at Tyson's Corner in, in uh, uh, Vienna, Virginia. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I don't pay attention to that anymore because I've been so in, in Apple. But yeah, you're right. Uh, on uh, just they may not for trade and give you as much as you might get on eBay, but it's the convenience of being mm-hmm. able to go in. And even if you instead of leasing it, you just purchased it. And right. then when the Apple Care expires, you just trade in the old one and get a new one. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it, and now the Apple Care is you can get beyond three years now. If you go to the month to month program with them on Apple Care, mm-hmm. uh, you can go beyond three years for the new purchases now. I'll have to look into that. So, you know, I've, I've got a switch. Um, what did I purchase? Uh, my MacBook, uh, the, my, my M1 MacBook, which I have just like you. And mm-hmm. I'll switch that over to the monthly because we'll see how long these M1s last, which they're expected to last a really long time. Yeah, they should. Well, Stephen, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, where can people find you? Well, I do I try to help out other attorneys. Uh, I mentioned my book, uh, Getting Off the ha- Hamster Wheel, uh, which is, you know, there are a lot of, and I went through this, and a lot, I'm sure there are a lot of attorneys out there, the listeners that, uh, they're either true solos, they have no staff or they have some staff mm-hmm. and they're feeling kind of overwhelmed, you know, how much, uh, you know, you don't have, you're so busy, you know, grinding out the work that you don't mm-hmm. have enough time to really mm-hmm. 
get more work or market your practice or that sort of thing. So that's what the book's kind of aimed at. Um, My website is at uh, stephenjrichardson.com. I'm on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Richardson. Twitter at solo to solo with underscores between the words. Mm -hmm. And we, we talked a lot about a a virtual practice and, and cloud computing and, and uh, um, going paperless Uh, for your listeners. uh, If they go to cloudbook.stephenjrichardson.com, they can get a free uh, report on uh, a lot more details than we talked about here Mm -hmm. on setting up a virtual practice, going paperless, uh, choosing uh, a cloud storage platform, you know, that sort of thing. I will be sure to have all this uh, in our show notes. And I, I want to thank you again for joining us. It's been a lot of fun and I really appreciate your time. Great. It's always fun talking tech to someone. Absolutely. Listen, you have a great day and thanks you again. Now. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at michaeldj at the Have a great day and happy luring.